Hello everyone, my name is Miguel Jobis. I'm the Group Program Manager for Citizen Data Integration at Microsoft. This is Power Query Magic and my favorite Power Query feature is the Power Query community and customer base. Okay, welcome, Miguel. Thank you so much, Win. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Yeah, fantastic to have you. Kicking off season two of Power Query Magic, which is all good. Um, so your title that you just introduced, that's quite a long title. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay, so... business cards anymore. It would be a really long business card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're like an Atletico Madrid fan, are you? I am, yes. Not okay, less okay. a week to talk to me. We just lost uh, yesterday on Champions League, but anyways. Oh, man, sorry. That's a sore, sore point. Um, so let's say you're at a game and you're sitting next to a stranger there and you get to half time, and they ask you what you do. So what's the, what's the sort of layman's half-time football match? And I can say football to you rather than soccer. Yep. So what's the half-time football match uh, explanation for what you do? That's a good one. So I would start by just saying I help people work with data. Um, and then depending on the questions they ask, I'll be more precise. Um, so yeah, really yeah, yeah. helping people connect to data from no matter where. And you know, data is never in the right shape. And helping people get the data into the shape they need for what they're doing. Maybe building a report, maybe building a pivot table, maybe creating an application uh, like a power app. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, so let, let's say that person is then slightly technical. So they've got some sort of IT-ish background rather than their eyes glazing over like most people who chat to me, you know. So let, let's say they're sort of, they spark, they go, oh, right. And they ask a couple of, you know, pointed follow-up questions. So in terms of um, your specifics then, in terms of what you're doing now on that sort of Power Query data integration team, what, what, what is that role? Yeah, so my role is one of a group program manager. In some places you call them product managers now. There's a whole debate on technical program manager, program <laughs> right. manager, product manager. But overall, you know, I like to think about my role as being the, the mini CEO for a certain area in the company. And that area happens to be um, tools, uh, low-code tools and experiences that help users work with data, non-technical users, what we call ZDSEN users. And that's where the ZDSEN data integration aspect comes into play. But really, my role is one of, um, you know, defining the, the vision for the product that incorporates business needs, customer needs, um, priorities for Microsoft, and then just, you know, balancing all of that out. Uh, and I should say, actually, um, back to the soccer or football analogy, uh, being more, more uh, a coach than a player. Um, so I'm very grateful to have a team of uh, six program managers on the team working on different areas. Power Query experiences, data flows, connectors, gateways, and BNet. Um, so for me, it's one more of ensuring everyone is aligned, uh, that we have the right goals uh, as a team, and just optimizing for the best uh, team outcome. And of course, putting players on the place they you know they will perform the best, and ensuring they work with each other in a way that you know helps us achieve our goals. So I like to think about myself as a little bit of a Simeone uh, of a team. Yeah. Okay. See, I have the same thing with football as you probably got over there, you know, so 
Aussie, Aussie rules is football. In Australia, you say football, you mean Australian rules, which is the crazy game. Yeah, it's I've seen amazing, that but... a couple of times. It's yeah. really confusing. Yeah, but if anybody talks about footy or football, they're talking about Aussie rules. You know, the back seven pages of the sports pages are all Aussie rules. So it's nice to chat to somebody and actually say football. You know, I'm from the UK originally, so, you know, that's what I've grown up with. So, um, so you sort of, were you, were you ever, have you always been like in that coach role? Or were you actually ever technically hands-on getting your hands dirty, building some of this code and stuff in the background? Uh, yeah, so I've been at Microsoft for almost 14 years. At this point, I was a college yeah, hired by then. That's, so really, that's a long time, man. Yeah, it's a long time, but, you know, really enjoyed the journey. Uh, my first, uh, what, uh, three years on the team, I was an engineer. Uh, and eventually decided um, I wanted to switch more to a program manager role because, you know, as much as I enjoyed writing code, I was really deeply passionate about talking to customers and defining the, the product vision and capabilities and roadmap. So I was right. lucky enough to be able to transition between roles, disciplines, but within the same project, working with the same uh, group of people, working with the same team. And of course, back then I was a really junior uh, program manager on the team. I started leading areas around community, eventually picked up Power Query user experiences, and then over the years picked up the, the whole area. Um, started picking up more things until the point where my individual contributor role became more of a lead role and manager role. So yeah, I transitioned yeah. from player to coach uh, over the last, what, uh, four, three, four years. And given you've been there that long, sort of that's gone through a, you know, Microsoft has gone through a good old change in that time as well. And, and the, the speed of delivery of product as well, sort of, you know, Excel used to be every three years or whatever, and there'd be massive releases. And now it's like every month there's stuff. So what's that been like sort of being involved in, you know, the change of Microsoft and the sort of the release cadence now, the speed of that release is just crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey. I have to say maybe uh, our team was in a little bubble from the beginning. I'm going all the way back to 2012, 2013. But if you remember the very early releases of Power Query, or I should say uh, Microsoft codename Data Explorer for Excel, uh, that was always yeah. a monthly release cadence as an add-in. And you know, eventually we became even faster than that. Now we do weekly releases for Power Query Online and data flow capabilities. So yeah, it's also been some transition there but we've always been on the you know never less than monthly uh, cadence yeah yeah and i was sort of going to ask this question later but i think i'm just going to ask it now so the 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 challenge you face i can imagine is that you've got loads of different people requesting features and everybody's own request is most important to them so you know everything i want I find really important because it's really important to me and it's an issue for me. So where are you getting, Where, first of all, where does feedback come from in terms of developing stuff? And how, the, how on earth do you actually prioritize stuff? What's the process? Yep, a very interesting question. Could spend hours talking about that one. But if I were to oversimplify it, I'll say... Um, Two things. One is, um, what are the incoming channels? So Power Query today is integrated with over 12 to 15 different products like Excel, Power BI Desktop, um, PowerBI.com with Dataflows, the Power Platform, PowerApps.com, Power Automate, Azure Data Factory, Dynamics 365 applications, and a few others that I'm forgetting. Um, each of those products have their own customer feedback channels, whether it is 
um, ideas forums, community forums, um, just incoming, you know, support tickets and, you know, of course, conferences and outreach uh, through social networks and all that. So it's a little bit like a data integration problem to bring it all uh, together. And there is feedback that yeah. sometimes applies to a specific product, but you know, a big amount of feedback is actually shared across. Like, you know, if you need a feature like Ampivot, um, that's probably common across Excel, Power BI, and a few others. So trying to bring that together. Um, so yeah, in terms of the channels, there's definitely a problem with the number of channels. Uh, we've, um, you know, attended a few things uh, with, uh, for example, uh, powerquery.com, a single Power Query community that we syndicate across different uh, places like Power BI and Power Platform. So they're trying to bring um, different communities of Power Query users together across products. Okay. So that's one aspect, of course, we're nowhere near uh, fully there for that because we still have separate forums, separate ideas forums. And some of that is, is by design. So we optimize for product specific feedback. But, you know, my team is always there to compensate and kind of integrate all of that feedback together. Um, yeah. Now, in terms of, yeah, everyone will come with a new feature ask and everyone will think their two or three feature asks are the most important. Um, you know, I like to say none of us is as smart as all of us together. So, you know, you might come to me with like, these are your top three ideas, but maybe somebody else might come with another three ideas. And when you hear them, you say, well, actually, that's a good idea. I need that too. Um, so it's really a, a little bit of, you know, my team's job to really uh, put that, you know, bring it all together, interleave things. Of course, customer feedback is a key item. Um, there are other yeah. inputs into that process, engineering feasibility, you know, uh, business needs, urgency on a specific project. So it's not as easy as, hey, we'll just open the polls and whatever gets the highest number of votes, that's what we do. Of course, that's really important <laughs> for us. We looked at that very frequently, but it's more complex than that, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I imagine you'd have team members who are pretty keen on some topic and they'll they'll argue their side and then somebody else will sort of argue another side. And right. like you say, I guess that sort of, that, that group sort of, uh, you know, argument and, and thought process probably helps a lot. Yeah, Just finding to... that common ground on, hey, what is it that we're yeah. trying to solve? What's a common goal for all of us? And then from that perspective, just hearing everyone, customers, team members, uh, partners, um, and arriving at some yeah, conclusions, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, right, we'll come back to, to more power query stuff given it's the topic of the podcast but are you living in seattle now uh, yes yes been living in the seattle area for the last 14 years yeah 14 years now okay but originally from spain that's right okay where we where were you born what part of spain were you the, the best part of spain of course the southeast uh, mediterranean coast my hometown is called alicante it's about a half million people oh, down okay 330 sunny days per year uh, average Beautiful. temperature in the 20s uh, Celsius, uh, so exactly like Seattle. Yeah, exactly the same. Don't miss it at all. Don't miss it at all. Right. Um, and so, so I've been, I've been to Alicante. Okay. Oh wow! Right. So, do did you ever go to Torrevieja? Yes, I've been to Torrevieja a few times. It's a little town, like maybe 20 minute drive south from Alicante. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. So 30, I was there 30 years ago. I was wow. thinking about this the other day and I was thinking like, oh my gosh. So I went there for a holiday with my friends from when we finished school. So we went to Torre Vieja to a beautiful, there's a beautiful little bar down there called uh, something like Tolly's Bar or Tilly's Bar or something like that. Cold beer, 
salt the almonds. Oh, just watching the Olympics back in the day. Nice. Great memories. Great memories of down there. Um, that well, was the uh, the Barcelona Olympic Games then. It was. 92. Yeah, 92. Nice. So I've actually got quite sort of uh, twisted memories of that because Colin Jackson, Olympic hurdler, who was Welsh, I'm Welsh, he was world champion. He had the world record for the hurdles and all this. So we were in Tilly's Bar and got all the locals going, yeah, you know, I'm not sure what the uh, Spanish for Welsh is, but we're going, yeah, Welsh guy, right? So pointing to him, yeah. he hit every hurdle. He hit every hurdle and came like bottom last oh. sort of thing. So it was just, Sorry, oh, that's, so that's my memory of <laughs> Tor of Vieja. <laughs> um, I, was, I was also in Madrid about 20 years ago um, and having a nice cold beer in Plaza Mayor and... Uh, we went to, with a friend to the Bernabeu, though. Sorry. So, how how is the how is the rivalry, the Atletico, sort of Real rivalry? Is that pretty strong? I think it's it's yeah, it's relatively strong for some people. I guess it's probably more like Manchester United and City, and you know that kind of local yeah. rivalry. Personally, I kind of like Real Madrid as well. You know, end up making okay. all the teams from Spain when not playing against each other. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because again, sort of like growing up, I'm from this little sort of uh, village in the south of Wales um, and next to Swansea. So I was a Swansea City fan. Mm. And then 40 minutes away is Cardiff City. You know, both Welsh clubs. There only two Welsh clubs really that were, were any sort of decent. Massive rivalry for no good reason. Massive rivalry. Like just sort of seriously angry rivalry. Yes. Until you were playing an English team and then it was all like, come on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. so, that makes sense. Depending. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Yeah, so we get together when it's against the sort of common enemy, as it were. Um, so you you also went to university in Alicante. That's right. Yeah, I studied uh, back home, and uh, yeah, eventually I was uh, applying to a Microsoft summer internship, three months uh, in Redmond. I'm like, wow, that sounds cool. So I applied to that uh, a year before finishing school. Uh, was fortunate to be selected for that. Came for three months, summertime. So that's a catch. Uh, it's nice weather, <laughs> and then right. they offered me to come back, and yeah, of course, uh, why not? That was I'm talking yeah, yeah, back yeah, 2007. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. And what what were you studying? Uh, computer science. Okay, so you basically into computers from day one. Yep. Yeah, just playing about with computers as a kid and all that sort of stuff, and just got into it and. Yeah, although, and this is where maybe I'm showing my age or, you know, shorter age than you, apparently, based on your comments <laughs> on Toro Vieja, but yeah, the first computer yeah. was a Windows 98 computer, uh, you know, operating system oh, okay. back in maybe, yeah, 98, 99, I was 13, 14 at a time. Yeah, yeah, just playing about. Awesome. <laughs> and so you just, so that sort of internship, that's what just led to uh, you going over to to Redmond for, and, and then staying there, basically. Yeah, exactly. I kind of thought, you know, as a last year in school, a student, um, computer science, yeah, Microsoft sounds like a great company to work for, um, you know, big name. So why not try and, yeah, you know, yeah. you can apply to it thinking they'll never select you. Um, they ended up selecting me, yeah. of course, so I'll, I'll come, give it a try. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> sure. Um, and and talk, so, so talking about getting into the power query history then, uh -huh. so... You know, I, I, whenever I sort of have a chat with people, I go onto their LinkedIn profile and I scroll down. And you've mentioned this briefly already. Um, so you've got a section on projects you've worked on. And August 2010 to present is Microsoft Data Explorer. Oh, did I not change that to present? Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's going August 2010 to present Microsoft. But it is, I guess. So so give a bit of history then. So for the for the listeners isn't it? and for me, um, yeah, a little bit of history of Power Query and where it came from and how it, how it sort of came about. It'd be awesome. Got it. So yeah, when I joined uh, back as a full-time employee, I'm talking October 2008, um, I was an engineer working on a precursor of the current M language. Um, there were a previous project uh, at Microsoft uh, that had not much to do with today's Power Query uh, incarnation, but the language kind of, you know, the foundation was there. So after a couple of uh, pivoting around on that project that eventually towards end of 2010 became Azure Data Explorer, which, you know, in the very first releases, it was actually end of 2011, beginning of 2012. It was a cloud-based solution. Uh, SQL Azure Labs uh, for Data Explorer um, was called. And it was a fully cloud-based, okay. Azure-based Power Query experience on the web. Um, but then early 2012, really the feedback we got from customers was they all lived and breathed uh, inside of Excel. So then we kind of made the decision to bring that back as an Excel add-in uh, running locally. But then we oh, kind of okay. boomerang over the last few years to Power Query Online. So it's probably a little bit, it was a little bit too early uh, for, you know, too soon in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so the, and I guess that that focus on on Excel users as well, um, the whole sort of Power BI sort of world sort of started. It seemed to start in there. Um, you know, I was playing about with a bit of MS Query, so the old Microsoft Query yes. in Excel and doing those sorts of things for clients and just being able to bring data in, you know, with a refresh rather than copy pasting. But then you wouldn't have any real, you know, control over the fact you had to go and physically clean up the data at the start. And then that's where sort of, you know, this power query thing came along with lots of different versions and add-ins. And I, a couple of clients had to persuade the IT departments to install this add-in because nobody had ever sort of heard of it and stuff. So, okay, so it all, but it all started around there, okay? So with that, with that online intention, but then just more practical to be in Excel to start with. Exactly. And, then, and, and of course, back okay. then on that uh, earlier online uh, implementation, we didn't have anything like the on-premises data gateway. So a big part of the feedback was also my data lives on-prem, can't connect to it in right. the cloud. So yeah, not only I like Excel, but also I'm blocked from connecting to on-prem data with the solution you're giving me. Yeah, yeah. and and. That's sort of one of the things, you know, it seems that everything's, the aim is to go online with everything eventually. Might be talking 20 years, all right? So whatever, whatever time period, but online eventually. So that, but then it's a case of, um, there's going to be a transition period somewhere, at some pinch points where the tooling is online, but your data sources are on your network. And there's this sort of, you know, how do you get, how do you balance that sort of, you know, that, that flow over. So if everything's online, beautiful. If everything's on your desktop, beautiful. But then when there's this mix of things, that's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big challenge. And that is why the, the role of the on-premises data gateway uh, components that, that we ship today uh, across Power BI, the Power Platform, you know, they're really crucial to the success of the whole cloud-based uh, implementation. I'm not sure a fully desktop-based experience for everything would be the right solution either because yeah. suddenly you start with my machine went offline or rebooted for an update and now that thing became unresponsive. So really, that is one aspect, the maintenance. The other aspect is the the power, you know, compute power, uh, scale, 
um, you know, fault tolerance and everything that comes with a cloud-based solution. But I do think, you know, uh, an ideal solution is one that gives you the power, but also the ability to choose. And in my opinion, there is yeah. enough desktop-based offering that, you know, across products, you know, whether where it is Office, Power BI or elsewhere, that there will be a really long time, maybe for the foreseeable future I can think of, there will always be desktop-based and web-based offering. I think the key is to enable both. Um, and, you know, there may be different users pick different things. Even a given user picks an online-based um, authoring experience for minor edits. Um, most of their authoring happens yeah, yeah, in desktop. Yeah. But I think the key is to have choices. It, it does, you know, when I'm sort of teaching people around this stuff as well, that they get very excited about the schedule refresh and all this sort of stuff. And, but then you talk about gateways and they're just like, their sort of shoulders slump a little bit. Yeah. Because they've got to talk to IT and they've got to sort of get everybody else on board and they've got to, you know, there's all these rules. Everything seems so flowing and like, wow, I can do all this myself and I can do this. And there's this promise of schedule refresh and then it's grayed out when you sort of click the little drop down. Yeah. And you're like, oh, then you show them you can connect to sort of SharePoint or OneDrive and all that. And sort of, you know, they go, oh, okay. But, I think it is still a bit of a there's, there's a bit of a hurdle there, and maybe maybe rightly so to some extent that it does put some sort of you know it is a, an IT function to some extent then, and that you've got personal gateways, um, but again you've got that sort of like you say somebody's computer goes down or isn't on it's not going to work, um, so yeah I, I don't really know I don't have a you know suggestion but it's just like that is a bit of a pinch point it seems that that and again I think from from uh, the way gateways were originally, it was quite hard to add data sources to gateways. And now that's a much easier process. So that's, that's you know, these things are progressing in the right direction. It's just one of those things. Yep, we're trying to improve that. I mean, one thing I'll say is um, we're making a huge bet with not just Power Query, but uh, Power BI and the rest of the Power Platform for it to be a self-service solution, right? You, you yeah. self-service something, uh, empower the end user. Yeah. But a big part of that is make sure that there's also the right boundaries, the right processes, and the right monitoring and governance capabilities for central IT. Um, and yeah. to also free them from, uh, you know, a set of tasks and duties they will have to do otherwise to replicate the self-service capabilities. So make everything as much as we can self-service so that uh, the central IT teams can be freed up from that, you know, more, you know, mechanical set of tasks so that they can focus on the things that they really need to do, which is admin governance, and you know, just uh, monitoring. And, and so your team is all gateway as well. Yeah, you cover all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So it's a uh, Power Query uh, experiences, connectors, gateways, VNet, uh, and data flows. So can you explain to me VNet in layman's terms? Because I've heard this word bandied around and I have no idea what it is. Got it. So just like we were talking about uh, cloud service, like let's say PowerBI.com accessing on-prem data uh, in a secure way. Uh, and you said, well, um, ignoring gateways, I can still do cloud-to-cloud -cloud connections. Uh, let's pretend yeah. that you're trying to connect from PowerBI.com to uh, a Google Cloud uh, endpoint, like maybe Google BigQuery uh, on the cloud. Um, you want to make sure you can also secure your Google endpoints so that you only allow uh, known uh, agents to call into that. So maybe... You know, you need a way to say, I can connect from Power BI to Google, or I can connect from Power BI to Amazon, Redshift, or, you know, other cloud-based connectors, uh, only from a okay. restricted set of um, IPs, a restricted network. So, a BNet yeah. stands for a virtual network. So, 
it's kind of creating that trusted cloud-to-cloud -cloud communication uh, between two different endpoints, Power BI and something else, or Power Platform okay. in general and something else. So does that then, so that's just an alternative, um, you know, how do you, how do you actually implement, without going into technical details, but do you just sort of, is it something you install like, like a gateway or is it just, how does it work? Yeah, so it, we actually leverage quite a bit of the gateway infrastructure. So in fact, we call this the BNet gateway. You can think about it as a gateway running in the cloud. Oh, okay. You can register yeah. things that, you know, um, you approve as being part of that virtual network. Right. Cool. And um, for listeners' benefit as well, the word Power Query gets thrown around meaning many things. So what what is Power Query and what is, like, say, M and what is a data flow? Uh-huh. Um, okay. Um, so let's say, let's start, I'm thinking if we start from the outside or from the inside. So I guess you started with M. Yeah, we can start from the inside. So, so, what, so let's say... Um, the whole stack is about being able to connect to other data sources and transform that data in a way that you can reuse um, for a specific workload, right? Um, so it all starts with the query runtime. This is the, the engine that actually is able to, it's capable of running queries against hundreds of data sources and then giving you hundreds of data transformations that you know they can be applied on top of that data. And of course, that engine, the M engine, needs to be capable and smart for doing things like um, pushing down execution of queries wherever possible. So if we're working against a relational database, being able to generate SQL statements that get pushed down to that relational database. If you're working against uh, multi-dimensional data source like analysis services or SBase or others, being able to also generate direct MDX commands uh, to, to be able to execute those queries. If you're working against uh, you know, a cloud-based endpoint, you know, whether it's Google BigQuery, as we were saying, or Spark. So being able to generate queries in the right underlying query language and query interface to get the most yeah. out of the backend so that we don't put the, the the highest load on either your local machine or the, the service where you're running the, the Power Query and DM engine. So that's one aspect, um, the, the query pushdown. But of course, you know, in many of my talks, you've probably seen the uh, diagrams I use there and talk about Power Query allows you to connect to the world's data, no matter where it is, no matter which shape it has, no matter which size. Um, and I use the leftmost view on that diagram is always, uh, you know, en enumerating the different types of sources we connect to files, databases, cloud services, on-prem, generic interfaces like ODBC, Odata, you know, a bunch of stuff, right? Um, and then I put a layer that says Power Query connectors. And to, for that, I actually use a frequency wave as an icon um, because it's really that layer of connectors that allows you to fix the impedance mismatch between connecting to a SQL Server database or scraping data from a web page. Um, because Power Query gives you an experience that allows you to apply all same transforms no matter which data source. But there's yes. you know a lot of discrepancy between these data sources. There's a lot of heterogeneous sources that you know, in some cases they have a query uh, interface, in some cases it doesn't. Like if I'm trying to filter data over a web page, there's no query interface to send a SQL query to. So in those cases, the M engine compensates and runs those things locally. Uh, so there's a lot of, you know, uh, complex logic that goes into fixing that impedance mismatch. You know, it could be the query interface and the pushdown, but it also can be the authentication methods. Some sources use Windows authentication, some of them are anonymous, some of them use OAuth. Um, and you know all the variations of that, or it could be data types. Some things have 
uh, you know, in 64 uh, numbers, some cases, you know, it has in 32 and, you know, on and on, right? There's so many discrepancies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the ultimate goal, uh, and we were talking about the layers, right? So that's a query runtime and the connectors of so the M engine and the connectors yeah. around them. On top of that, there is a set of user experiences that we try to make, you know, highly intuitive, low code, um, attempt to make it such that you can leverage the Power Query experiences for 80, 90% of what you're trying to do without touching a single line of code. Of course, we made it such that you can always go into the code view to either specialize things or learn how they were built. If you really want to start from zero with a blank query, you can do that as well. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do that. Uh, I would never do that myself, but um, you know, um, the whole principle is one of let's try and empower users to be as lazy as they can for the common task, but as go as deep as they can if they want to uh, for that extra mile. So really think about the Power Query experiences as point and click, um, interact with data in a highly visual and interactive way. Um, everything you do in that experience generates code behind it. That code behind it is M code, um, the M language which sits on top of the M engine. Uh, and it's the code that the engine knows how to understand and actually offload to connectors and you know from there all, all the fancy stuff that we were talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. but of course you and, know and, and that so and that sort of um power query the the button clicks the the interface mm -hmm. as such i guess you know the, the 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 proof of how good that was when it first got launched is the, the actual ribbons have hardly changed and nobody's really shouting for them to be changed because they just work and they've got, you know, they got the buttons, most of the buttons you need. There'll always be edge cases where you want more buttons for things. Right. But yeah, it just seems to have, I don't know, it just seemed to have got right the first time. And it, even in, from the exit, from the original version, there's been more stuff added incrementally a little bit. So yeah, it just seems to work and people like it and know where things are. So yeah, you know, kudos to whoever designed the UI in the first place. It was, it's, Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's worked well. Happy to hear that. Again, remember what I started with telling you my journey. Um, yeah, yeah. The UX layer is the one I started with, like in terms of product definition. I still remember the day I wrote the the Power Query ribbon uh, spec right. uh, to detail, Great you work. know, the layout and uh, the functionality and all of that. Yeah, yeah. When I train it, when I'm running my training courses, my favorite button. I say, I say to people, uh, so <clears throat> see your first your first row of data is your headings. What button do you reckon you click to push that up? And they go first. Use first row as header. And I'm just like that. Yes. Yeah, well done. You know, it's a, it's just named properly. It's great. You know, Microsoft are great at not naming stuff properly, um, but that's done. Nice. So full marks. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, so then the so we were the talking about the experience, part, and I think the last the only last part I didn't talk about yet is data flows. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm creating those queries uh, within the Power Query experience, uh, and I'm, you know, there's a notion of a project, like there's a, you know, a container around them, right? Um, I can have five queries in my data flow, or I can have 50 queries on my data flow, but they're all part of that single project. Um, you know, if I'm working in Excel, it's all contained within an Excel workbook. If I'm working on Power BI Desktop, it's all within my PBIX file, my Power BI report or data set, yeah. um, a data flow is the equivalent to that for purely the ETL layer. And really a data flow allows you to have um, data coming from hundreds of data sources that you transform and then that you load to multiple destinations. Today we support different destinations depending on when you are, where you are creating those data flows. You're creating those data flows within Power BI. It's purely analytical 
uh, purposes. So it either, you know, you can get that data into a Power BI storage by definition, you know, by default, we just provide one for you. You can attach your own Azure Data Lake storage if you already have one, or if you wanna, you know, make the data output from your data flow accessible from other tools, you can use that data lake. And then if you're running in a Power BI premium cont uh, context, we give you those compute capabilities so that you know a subsequent or downstream reference to a data flow entity result uh, is actually leveraging SQL computes. And that could be another data flow calling into the initial data flow you created, or it could be a Power BI report trying to uh, you know import data or create direct query reports on top of your data flow results. Um, but then in other places, like for example, in Power Apps, um, you can also use data flows to bring data into Dataverse. Dataverse is the uh, entity yeah, yeah. store uh, which powers Dynamics applications, but at the same time, it's a place where you can kind of uh, store and stage data so that data-driven applications that you create with Power Apps or um, a process automation that you create with Power Automate um, is done on top of Dataverse data. So it's just, it's, it's just getting everywhere now. It's just yeah. growing. So I, I, I wonder whether there'll be some sort of flow back into awareness around Power Query and these things. Because, you know, you, you'll have heard us saying this hundreds of times about sort of people not being aware that Power Query is in Excel. Um, or And the only place it ever shows up as a, as a word, I guess, is in the Power Query editor right at the top. So there's this get, get data experience. There's this sort of data integration experience. And, and the Power Query thing is is just sort of what we call it because it's sort of what we've always called it, but I don't know. I don't know whether that awareness will now start to grow a bit as Power Query starts and and M and data flows and all these things sort of start to expand out. And people and you go, oh, do you know it's also in Excel? Whenever I teach Power BI, the most excited people get is when I show them that Power Query also works in Excel. Right. They just, they're just like, really? And I said, yeah, it's been about seven years, and they're like, oh wow, what we can just load this in and just yeah. Yeah, and you can even copy and paste the queries between data flows and into Excel and back across, and it just works. So it's super clever. And yeah, people are excited about it when they find out about it. So hence trying to spread the word. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. So yeah, we are, I mean, we're trying to find the right balance between uh, exposing the Power Query terminology so that people can realize it's the same thing across all of these yeah. products, but also optimize for the most basic users who maybe are using it only in one place. So why introduce a whole new technology term for them? Uh, so again, trying to find the right balance between the two and uh, definitely for those folks who are willing to go like the, the extra mile of learning, okay, what is this thing? Where else can I use it? We're you know creating a bunch of resources, uh, powerquery.com, the Power Query documentation side, and you know a bunch of things that are common across all of these products, but, you know, we want to still have that simplicity at the top uh, of that, you know, user, user interface surface. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have you seen, I guess, do, do you ever get exposed to sort of use cases these days? Sort of, you know, best use cases or where you've seen sort of things transforming clients or, or if, like, for customers or have you, have you got any examples that you sort of you know say to people hey this happened and th th made this impact do you have any of those sort yeah of we have uh, many of those and you know that's my favorite part of my job is really seeing how the technology and the solutions we build actually change people's lives yeah so yeah i have uh, plenty of stories uh you know uh 
of course, I can keep them anonymous, but, you know, there's been uh, many, many stories. And, you know, uh, nowadays, uh, a little bit harder to get to them, I guess, through social and all that. We still do. But from the days when we still met people face to face in conferences and all that, have stories, uh, you know, people really excited about Power Query capabilities, even crying in front of me because how Power Query changed their lives, you know. Somebody saying, well, I used to spend three, four hours every Sunday evening cleaning data for a report I needed to send every Monday morning to my boss. Now I can actually automate all of that with Power Query and spend my Sunday evenings with my family. So that's a kind of a story that, you know, really uh, motivates me every day and it's been 14 years. But, you know, uh, as much as, of course, there's the business results and all that, but for me, it's all about the people. Yeah. And, and you know, I w- when I chatted to uh, Gil Revive, um, on the on the last sort of season, we were chatting about this, and and there is a little there is a little selfishness from me, from us internally that we want to be the people to show people Power Query because we want to take the credit for it, you know. So, whereas if if everybody, you know, the day I sort of ask everybody at a training course who's heard of Power Query, the day everybody puts their hands out is probably the day I retire because. I want to show people and see their little eyes light up and just go, oh my God, I can save so much time. You know, this is just going to just transform and, and and just sort of heads dropping and telling them how long it's been around and that you can use this stuff. Um, yeah, same same thing. I've actually seen somebody almost well up and cry because they were like, I what I could have been using this for five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. so it's it's just a it is awesome. But yeah, like and, on uh, that point, the one thing I'll say, I, I love uh, anyone to, you know, amplify Power Query and take as much credit as they want for it. You know, I really like to say Power Query is like a kitchen or a kitchen utensils, like forks and knives and spoons and, you know, uh, pots. Uh, so you can cook and, you know, people will use those utensils to cook. It's not the inventor of the utensil that takes the credit for the recipe. Is the, the the you know the chef who designed that recipe that actually gets that credit and is a day to day use even if you're not a chef but you still need to eat right um, so your own self service use of that that you know uh, feeds you every day. Do you have you have you seen any really weird use cases? I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure I have, but um, I'm trying to think if I've come across anything that's really bizarre. Um, no, have you come across anything? When you say uh, weird, do you mean like completely ridiculous uh, design solutions, like in terms of the architecture, or more like I've never thought, uh, you know, somebody could use the product for this? Well, may, may, maybe either of those actually would be quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've seen some. I, I'm trying to think. I'm sure I've seen some things where I just think well, I didn't. Well, you know, in terms of. It's not crazy architecture. It's just I could never think of that. I see stuff that like Imka does, and I'm just like, oh my god! You know, how does she even come up with this stuff? Yeah. Right? How how do you even get your head around you know approaching it that way? And and there's certain other people as well who do who do similar stuff. But I've also just seen you know Power Query just being used for you know just generating big exports mm-hmm. for pushing into some other system, which is a totally valid use case. But it might not have been the intention originally. Right. You know, there's just like you say. You, you you build the utensils, but people could use them for all sorts of things that you haven't even considered. Yeah, and sometimes those are amazing uh, food recipes and sometimes they're just salty and, yeah. you know, they're just uh, yeah, they're yeah. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have been done. Just start again. Um, and, okay, that's all good. Um, so 
one of the questions I ask people is about presentation moments as well. Um, and um, sort of have, have, when you've been doing presentations, have you had things, anything go horribly wrong at any point? Any blue screens of death? Uh, not that. Uh, maybe I've been uh, fortunate. Mm, didn't really have those many crashes. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of stories. I mean, the, the starting point, I'd say, is I, uh, on my early days, I'm talking 13, 14 years ago, would not really consider myself a good speaker. Uh, couple right. reasons. One is practice. But of course, you know, back in the day, and I still have a little bit of it, but I had the, the language difficulty. English is not my native language and it always was a little bit intimidating to do a full uh, English presentation. Um, but I'd like to say that, you know, even from the early days, I was quite successful in those sessions because the product was super useful that it almost like sells by itself. So it, like I could screw on how I present it, but people would see the value and would be happy with my presentation. Um, yeah. So that there is that, but then in terms of a specific weird or you know anecdotes in terms of presentations, um, I can share one. It's one that uh, our friend uh, Matthew Roche uh, would appreciate quite a bit. So I'm going back okay. uh, three to four years. Uh, one of those Ignite conferences, I think it was 2018, 17 or 18. I'm not sure um, when we still do uh, used to do these sessions in person. So I was there at Ignite for a week. Uh, somehow I signed up for six sessions during that week, uh, including right. Power Query sessions, data flows sessions, gateway sessions, multiple repeats of some of those. So it was really like today I have one, tomorrow I have three, day after I have one, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so I was basically doing them on autopilot at that point. Um, there was okay. a couple of uh, data flow sessions that Matthew Roche and I were doing together. And this was one of those um, sessions within the big expo area. Um, right. We were doing it, I think it was either man, uh, morning uh, and then afternoon. Um, in the afternoon session, because everything was already, you know, done the session five times during the week already, I told Matthew, hey, we still have 10 minutes. Let me go to the, um, to the coffee stand in the expo area where they give us free coffee. I need a coffee. I'm tired. I've done a session early morning, so I need a coffee. So I went over there and there was this long line of 20 people. Um, if you've ever worked with Matthew on a presentation, you realize he loves to have things under control. The, right. the length of the line in the in the espresso stand was not one of those, but of course I needed my coffee. Uh, and because he was the one kicking off the session, I figured it would be okay for me to be a couple minutes late. So really how it ended up playing is I came back to a stage uh, 10 minutes into the session. Um, right. Matthew was already well, you know, beyond the, the, the overview and all that, but I showed up with two cups of coffee and one was for him. So I think he, uh, you know, he forgave me at some point, but he kind of had this little freak out moment where, um, yeah, he wanted me to be there and I was not, I was late. You caused him a bit of stress. Yeah, but that, that's all right. And I'm sure he never brings it up. No, uh, we keep reminding everyone uh, now every time we do a joint session, even if over teams, I say two minutes before, hey, Matthew, I'm going to go for a cup of coffee. Do you want some? <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, on, the, on the intro, you sort of introduced your, uh, your um, sort of favorite feature and you said about the community and stuff, and um, which is, you know, very, very sort of, uh, you know, um, a, a nice thing to say about that. You know, and there is just... You know, everybody's learned so much from each other. That's the best thing about this whole thing. Exactly. Really. Um, but in terms of actually some sort of power query M function feature, 
Have you got something that sort of goes up your up your list in terms of things? Yeah. So I uh, one thing I'll say is I love using Power Query. I use it pretty much on a daily basis. Um, and you know, sometimes I try to build stuff on top of sources I don't really have myself. Um, but there is the internet with data, right? Um, so in that context, the web connector is my favorite, one of my most used features. And uh, particularly now with web by example, you know, everything I can do with it that I'm not constrained to table structures, but actually, you know, can suck data from anywhere on the web and doing it in a very uh, friction free way with just sample based. Hey, here's a couple values and allow me to infer the rest uh, type of experience. So yeah, I use that feature pretty much daily. That is cool. Um... I remember showing a demo of that when it first sort of came out. <clears throat> I think I tapped into the um, ATP, the tennis website, yeah. and get get the sort of, and there's just a page comes up with all the pictures of all the tennis players and all this sort of stuff, and just start typing in the tennis player's name. And I think one of the other bits of data on the page was their earnings or something like that, lifetime or something like that. Type that in, and all of a sudden, I got a table of data that scrapes it from all those it's just like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I stopped doing uh, sport-related demos at some point because, uh, you know, I'm, I give uh, players some such bad luck. Um, right. There was a point in time I did the ATP demo as well, and those were the two or three years that Rafael Nadal started, like, really poor performing, never won a Grand Slam on those three years. Oh, okay. So I just stayed away from it. <laughs> You're blaming yourself. Yes, it was my fault, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, so on for a bit of lightheartedness. Um, in previous episodes, I've done the five impossible questions, and I might still do a couple just just in your honour. Just to but I'm running out. Just embarrass me. Yeah, just just to see where you're at That's in good. terms of your knowledge. <laughs> um, but I want to try out a new feature. Okay, so there's a radio show in the UK called Just a Minute. And the concept of this radio show is you're given a topic and you have to talk for it, about it for a minute. And then any other guest, in this case, me, this is going to be a competition between me and you. Okay. So we're going to talk for a minute between us. Okay. If you, if you hesitate, we're going to pick a topic, power query related. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you hesitate, I'm going to buzz in and I start talking about the topic. If I pause or hesitate, then you buzz in. And whoever's speaking at the end of one minute wins. Okay. Okay. Just to add in a little extra feature that's part of this radio show as well. You're only allowed to repeat the topic word or the word power query. If you repeat other words, like if you say the word power BI twice, I buzz in. I take over. Okay. Okay. If I hear you say the word applied steps twice. I'm buzzing in and taking over. Okay. Okay. So, so I have no idea if this will work. This may just get totally cut. Okay. Let's see. Let's give it a try. But, but we'll, we'll give it a try. Okay. So I'm going to get my no, little time set up. advantage that you actually know the topic you're going to suggest. I do. But I do promise I've picked a topic that might not be my specialty. Okay. And I think you know about <laughs> And I haven't practiced, so you've got to trust me on this. All right? I'll, the proof will be in the fact that I'll just stuff up way more than you will. Plus, I've got the advantage that I'm a native English speaker, so you know I'm I, I'm already one up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, 
but you are the specialist in this area. So, you know, it evens itself out somewhere. So topic is going to be data flows. Okay. Okay. So, um, and I'll give you the option. Do you want to start or shall I start? Where do you want to go? Because it's whoever's speaking at the one minute mark. Whenever we interrupt each other, I'll stop. And then you start talking. And it's kind of free form talking. Like I could just start describing data flows and that's how... You can start describing data flows. You can give an experience of a data flows. It's, it's a very, as long as there's some loose connection with the topic, if you go totally off tangent, you can buzz in and get the person. You go, that's not even right. Or you're just talking nonsense now. Okay. Okay. So it's got to be loosely related to data flows. Um, you're allowed to repeat the word data flows. You're allowed to repeat the word power query. But everything else, you can say the and 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 all those sorts of things. But any other word. Okay. So do you want to start then? Well, I feel like if I start, I could do it for a minute. and be. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, right. You said on the spot. He's, he's, he's confident. Okay, so if you hesitate, you don't have to speak fast. So, and again, don't speak really slow. That's just cheating. Okay. But, okay. All right. So, on your marks, get set, go. Data flows are a low-code data preparation capability that is available across Power BI and the Power Platform and Dynamics. It builds on top of the Power Query experiences, and it allows users to prepare their data, ingesting data from many different data sources. Buzz, you just said data twice. Okay, Dad, come on. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, this is the game. Go. All right, so I'm starting. Okay, so data flows for me is the online version of Power Query. It's a great place to centralize your Power Query steps rather than having them contained inside a Power BI report. You can connect to a data flow with Power BI. You said you can't BI twice. Yet. Oh, okay, over to you. On your marks, get set, go. Users can leverage data flow results from many different places, um, including reports. Oh, Buzz, you said, um. Ow. <laughs> right, no ums, no ahs, no oohs, okay? okay? Right, so here we go. Um, oh, damn it. <laughs> I just stuffed up straight away. Right, back to you. I've caught myself out by just not even being able to think of the next word. So you've got 10 seconds left, okay? Go. But with data flows, you can also reuse a data flow result from another data flow, and that's part of the beauty of it, um, because it automatically recalculates. Oh, buzz! Buzz! You said um again. Oh. How many seconds? <laughs> I've, got one, I've got one second left. So you so, literally uh, say one word and you're good. Yeah. You don't have enough time to repeat words. You won't. <laughs> Data flows are my favorite. Oh, look, time's up. So yeah, I, I'll take the claim for Okay, that. you won. So there we yeah. go. Well, we can there play we... this next time. I'll train. <laughs> same, same, same game next time. Okay. Um, I am going to actually ask you some impossible questions as well. And these will be the last, because I'm running out now, really, of these impossible questions. Okay, that's it. Okay. So a couple of impossible questions. So you're in Power Query. And you go to the re in the Power Query editor. Desktop or online? Oh, see, I knew you were going to ask. Let's go desktop. Power, let's go Power BI desktop. Okay. Just to be specific, okay? And you choose recent sources. Okay. Yeah. And it lists all the recent sources that you've connected to. How many 
show up in that list? Uh, all right, this is a spec I wrote maybe 10 years ago. I think it shows you something like the last 10 and then there's a more button at the bottom that gives you the full list. So 15 on my screen. Mm, okay. But it's like, yeah, I might be resolution. Yeah, might be resolution. There's a cap, like it's not like we will show 100 in there. There's a, there's nah. a max. So for me, it's 15. I checked on Excel, and, but it could be a screen resolution thing as well, perhaps, I guess, depending on what fits in. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so which of these- Fail on that one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not, with, not within 10%, so you fail. Okay. So which one of these options is in the, you call it the UX, don't you? Not the UI. What's the difference between a UI and a UX? Not, not, a, not part of the question. What's the difference between UX, UI? Just terminology? Or is there something um, no, there is a difference. So the, the, use, the UX, the user experience, it's encompassing of uh, more than just the user interface. It also includes things like the performance, the latency, and you know, it's a whole package. It's the experience somebody gets with your product as a user. Okay, cool. So in the user interface yeah. itself, mm -hmm. in Power Query, well, let's go Power BI Desktop again. Okay. Um, so which one of these, there's two, two I'm gonna give you. Okay, is it remove range of rows or keep range of rows? Keep range. I haven't actually written the, I just realized I haven't written the answer down. You have, you have uh, keep top rows, keep bottom rows, remove top rows, um, and you also have alternate rows and keep range. Excellent answer. Why not remove range as well? Good question. So, because I only asked this because on the course I was running last week, somebody said, can I just remove row six to 10? And I went, Mm, you have to have an index column and remove rows right. six to 10. Um, yeah, and then I saw that there was a keep range, but no remove range. So I was just, I was like, oh, I'll jot that down for a question for Miguel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, good answer. Okay. In Power BI Desktop and in Excel, you go into the advanced editor. Can you use emojis? Can you enter an emoji into the advanced editor? Mm. At some point you will hit a syntax error, I would assume. We probably serialize the emoji into some, you know, ASCII or something like that. And you, maybe you're okay committing that, but what you commit is the text representation of the emoji. So is that a yes or a no, Miguel? So I guess uh, that's a yes. No, oh. you can't, but you can in data flow. So what happens in, in the in desktop? It gets... won't even let you do it. Okay. You press Windows key full stop in the advanced editor, nothing happens. Mm. But you do the same thing in the advanced editor in data flows, little emoji, little smiley face, brilliant. And what happens <laughs> when you try to commit it? Do we even allow you? To... Works, yeah, no, okay. works fine. I've been using emojis for ages. Mm. It, so I, I, I group my Power Query steps using little triangle emojis, the left triangle, right triangles to group stuff. So yeah, I don't use smiley faces so much, but yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, last little question. I've already got four. I really can't, I've really run out of questions now. Okay, <laughs> so I think I'm uh, two failures and one uh, right answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so 
in the enter data experience in Power Query in desktop, mm -hmm. Excel or Power BI, okay, you can copy a block of data, let's say from Excel, and you can paste it straight into the enter data. Yes. How many cells can you paste? Uh, we might have changed this sometime in the past, but I seem to recall 3,000 cells. Very good. Because what we're, Full doing, marks. what we're doing online is we actually try to optimize that to feed more. It really is not a factor of how many cells we put in, but how long is the serialized content that comes out of it. So it really depends on you know, how long its cell value is. Oh, okay. Because I just tested yesterday and I pasted, I think, 30,000 cells into the online version. And it might have worked. Via enter data? It might have worked, depending on the yeah. cell length uh, on each of the cell values. Oh, so what does that mean then? In terms of the va the length of the... Yeah, ultimately... The number the or the value? So or? whatever you type on that uh, enter data table, we end up serializing yeah. into a base64 encoded string. Just a bunch of binary text. Just... Okay. Included yeah, text yeah. that then we decode to re-render that if you were to... Which is that, that crazy long... Exactly. Sort of coding strip, right. Yeah. So then, yeah, depending on the per value. So in, in desktop, we were a bit more strict on... We think three cells, that's it. Uh, 3,000 cells, that's it. In online, we're trying to give you as many rows as we can without dropping you halfway through a row, I think. Um, as long as you can fit within yeah, some yeah. amount of memory, which I'm forgetting, it's probably in the one to two megabyte size, but don't quote me on that. Okay, cool. Good, so there, there you go. Yeah, so that 50, true, 50? Uh, you gotta give me a fifth one. I really like this quiz, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have to come up with one. I, I've got nothing. I really haven't. Um, all right, so uh, what can you tell us that's coming up in, in the Power Query data flows, data integration team world? in the next six months or year or whatever, what's happening? What can you share? Right, so I like to talk about that in the different you know, areas of the product. So if you can think about uh, experiences, connectors and data flows, and of course, Gateway and BNet as, as well. So on the Power Query experiences front, you saw a lot of emphasis over the last um, year and a half, two years on uh, more visually engaging capabilities, things like the diagram view, the schema view, um, democratizing, um, you know, a bunch of the operations with more of a by example based technologies, data profiling, and a bunch of things like that. Um, so we'll further deepen down on those capabilities. Uh, something that we just shipped in Power Query Online a week or two ago is a, uh, a global search bar uh, that gives you the ability to search for queries within the current project, for commands within the ribbon. So really to accelerate shortcuts into your day-to-day -day work. Uh, so, you know, more of that kind of feature that will continue showing up through. Um, of course, you might be thinking right now, well, but I'm not using Power Query online. I'm using Power Query in Excel or Power BI Desktop. So another big area of investment for our team is to bring back all of the Power Query online user experience and user interface, I guess, uh, back into the desktop uh, environment. So we're working very closely with the Power BI Desktop team and the Excel teams to make that happen. Uh, but we realized that, you know, uh, a high number of users still leverage only the Excel desktop and the Power BI desktop capabilities of Power Query. And it's our one of our utmost priorities to, you know, bring back all of the good stuff that happened over the last couple of years in Power Query Online. Uh, of course, on the connectors front, um, we have over 170 connectors today uh, in Power BI desktop. Um, within yeah. Power Query Online, we have about 50 to 52 connectors uh, today. We're working towards full parity in Power Query Online, um, and that includes, 
you know, many of the 170 connectors that are actually not even built by our team. Um, we provide an extensible connectivity platform. Um, we provide the Power Query Connectors SDK that allows any ISB uh, or any uh, developer to build their own connectors for Power Query and plug them into Power BI. Um, uh, if you actually are the developer of that connector and also qualify based on a few different rules we have to our certification program, so that includes things like, hey, you actually own the underlying data source or API so that you can be responsible of maintaining the end-to-end. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll work with you to get that connector certified and shipped to all Power BI users and Power Query users um, so that you know, okay. help make the connector available to as many users as we can. Uh, so out of the 170 connectors we have in Power Query today, roughly 75 to 80 of those are actually this type of third-party built, certified and shipped by our team. So that is the biggest set of connectors that's missing in Power Query Online today. So really those 55 we have today plus those 75 to 80. And then we have a few more, you know, less frequently used connectors in Power Query desktop that they do not show up yet in Power Query Online. So we're trying to close those gaps. Uh, and of course, just any third-party custom connector which uh, you cannot use yet through Power Query Online. So, you know, one of our biggest goals for this year is to make sure that every Power Query connector can work in Power Query Online, for example, in Dataflows. Awesome. Um... And where do people best go to find out more then? Where, given, given you're not a blogger, um, so you, where, where do people, or are you a blogger now? Uh, you know, well, who's I writing mean, the Power Query? I used, I used to be, I'm trying to get back to it. I used to do the oh. Power BI desktop release announcements back 2014, 2015. Um, no. Now, so my, my short answer would be powerquery.com. Uh, in powerquery.com, we have information about Power Query uh, capabilities across all the products. We have a resources page that shows you links to Power Query documentation, M language documentation from Microsoft, but also uh, from the community. So great blogs and um, you know uh, YouTube channels like yours, uh, blogs from many of the other uh, you know world class experts on Power Query uh, that we have on the community, MVPs and others. Um, books. Uh, so, you know, go to powerquery.com to find all of that information. And speaking about a blog, just about 10 months ago, we released a Power Query blog, uh, which we're trying to use, and you can access that through powerquery.com as well. We're trying to use that as, hey, if you want to stay plugged to anything Power Query across all of these 15 products that we were talking about, don't need to subscribe to 15 product blogs, just subscribe to the Power Query one and, you, you know, we'll tell you everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really needed that sort of centralized one. So that's a right. great, great initiative, I reckon. And uh, I see on Twitter as well, there's a bit more activity there and there's some sort of you're doing a regular Tuesday posts and stuff now and sort of things. So that's all cool. Yeah, exactly. Really so helpful. now we have a, the official Power Query account on Twitter as well, MS Power yeah. Query. Uh, and we are starting to spin up series like Transform Tuesdays. And we'll, we'll tell you about the, you know, one transform a week. Um, and uh, of course, we welcome ideas and we welcome you you know we're trying to bootstrap that that community on twitter as well uh, as much as we are you know deeply connected with power bi excel and other communities but we're trying to have that power query identity there as well yeah awesome okay so um wrapping things up then so I'd like to ask guests if they've ever had any brushes with fame have they have you ever met anybody famous you've got any selfie photos with rafa or anything like that oh, you know? uh, yeah a few folks uh i guess uh, in this context uh, since we're talking technology uh, probably should say bill gates 
So I had the oh, yeah, yeah. I had the pleasure back in June 2019, I think June July 2019, to demo Power Query to Bill Gates. Oh right, was, uh, wow, cool. There was some you know Bill Gates review where you know he wanted to be kept up to latest developments across different product initiatives, and one of the ones we were talking about back then was Power Query and overall you know, uh, the power platform. So in that context, yeah. I got seven minutes to show stuff to Bill. Uh, <laughs> and of course, as I said, my favorite feature being Web by Example, I actually showed him a demo of Web by Example um, in Power Query inside of Power BI Desktop to actually scrape data from his blog. <laughs> nice touch. Yes. So I basically, I did a quick analysis on how often they blogs, uh, he blogs uh, over the years, which days of yeah. the week, and what are the, the days of the week he gets the most comments. Excellent. I like that. That's it. And I think, you know, that brings an important point in terms of, you know, demonstrating the, the value of this stuff is if you can demonstrate with other people's data, it resonates so much better as well. So it's a really good technique for people to, to adopt is that thing you get buy in, you know, right. just very nice. Okay. A a any others? That's a pretty good one, though. Any others? Uh, as far as famous people goes, mm, I ran into uh, Ronaldo, the Brazilian soccer player. Oh, yeah. This is like 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, at a Brazilian airport. I don't remember where. Uh, I went there, right. went to a trip to Brazil with my parents, and I ran into the guy in the airport. <laughs> nice. Good run. I like that sort of stuff. Oh, awesome. Um, Okay, so, um, and then finally, so I really appreciate you taking the time here um, and little final little step then. So I'm going to strand you on a desert island. Okay, so there's, it's not a trop, it's not a nice resort. This is just a desolate, mm -hmm. but picturesque desert island. You know, think about sort of Tom Hanks somewhere. Um, You've got one item you're allowed to take with you, like a could be a luxury item or something like that, but it must begin with M. So what, in honor of the M language, so what object or thing or are you going to take? So if I said my friends and family, does that count? No. no. That's just really cheating. <laughs> okay. Um, it has to start with M. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about the words in English that start with M. <laughs> I'll give you, a, if you want to use a Spanish word, I'll, I'll allow it. Well, and now I need to think about Spanish words. <laughs> uh, what could that be? It could M, be. M, M. It could be practical. It doesn't have to be. It could be something luxury, something, some food you like. It could be. Oh, he's thinking. That's a... Somehow the only word that comes to mind right now is mustard. So I'll bring up. <laughs> Okay. Some <laughs> I don't know. That'll do. Well, the fish will get boring after a while, so you know, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. All right, awesome. Thanks, Miguel. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, Wayne. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. I'll have to say I've been following the show since uh, season one. I've watched every single episode. I'm looking forward to season oh, two. Yeah. I hope there will be many more seasons. I'm sure other folks on the team uh, would love to join future uh, episodes as well. Um, the one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, I get the pleasure to be here with you today and to represent uh, the team at many different venues and, you know, talk to a bunch of people on behalf of the team. But I'm really sitting on the shoulder of giants uh, with everyone on the team across disciplines, PM, engineering, design, um, the entire team. So really 
you know, big kudos to them for the, the, the amount of work they put day in and day out uh, on this project. And of course, thanks to you and uh, everyone else on the community and every single user for sharing feedback. We listen to all of your feedback, you know, on a daily basis and we aspire to build the best possible thing given, you know, resource limitations and just, you know, the physics of building software. But that's really what we're here for, to make everyone happy and empowered to, you know, achieve more with data. Awesome. And yeah, I'll take the opportunity to say, say, you know, thank you to the entire team and everybody who's been involved. You know, Power Query's changed my career. Um, and, you know, I love what I do now and I love sharing Power Query with people because it just makes them happy. So, you know, that's just a, that's just a rare pleasure in life that you get to do that. So, uh, so thank you to everybody. Keep building the, the magic that is Power Query and I'm sure it's going to go from strength to strength. So uh, thank you very much again and we'll speak later. Absolutely. Thank you.